The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Tonight's title is, What is Your Heritage? So if you want to write that down. Uh, the verse that I'm going to read from is Psalm 119, 111. Uh, so if you want to get that ready, and first we'll pray. So I'll let you get that ready. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we all have to come together, Lord. Lord, just guide me in your word. May it be clear. The message I'm trying to deliver, Lord, we know that sometimes in thought, excitement and enthusiasm, Lord, just, uh, just, just to lift you up, Lord, that uh, we would think about ourselves and we as a community, as this church, Lord, how, how we are a heritage to each other and to our family members, and Lord, that uh, this church is a heritage and and we should do what we can to build the heritage of this church family, Lord. Lord, just guide me and, uh, and help me to expound upon your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if you were around 100 years ago, no, I know you weren't, but if, if you were, and you were shopping for a diamond ring, right? So I'm the jewelry guy, so we'll talk about that. A diamond ring would have cost you a couple hundred dollars. Platinum ring with a one-carat stone. Though this would have been just as painful as today if we would have bought a $10,000 stone. Doesn't equate to inflation, right? You know, so inflation it would be about $300, but neither does gold. The reason why I bring this up is about 10 years ago, I had a sermon called Diamonds in the Rough. Uh, if you remember, if you were here back then 10 years ago, I had this big picture back there. And, uh, and uh, we talked about how we were to look for our own spiritual diamonds in the rough in our community. I don't know if any of you remember of that. Um, during the sermon, I read from 1 Peter and that was where we're talking about those lively stones. Uh, in 1 Peter 2.5, uh, ye also as lively stones are built up in a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices accepted to God by Jesus Christ. And I had that, that ring up there. Little gems, we were surrounding the big gem in the center. 1 Peter 2.6, Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay on Zion, the chief cornerstone, elect and precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. So, my point of this sermon was to talk about us going out into the community, finding those lively stones, right, that are out there. We talked about the rarities, us as individuals, our different purities, our different qualities, flaws, if we want to say, um, different shapes, different colors, different, different all the way until we're finally and progressively made perfect, right? We're those gems surrounding Christ. Diamonds and jewelry are something that we pass on, 
right? So if you have a ring, you have a ring or you have a pendant. Miss Nelson is shaking her head. She's got jewelry. Calvin does good. He buys her little, little, little things here and there. Uh, no, she shook her head. Not enough. Um, there are things that we cherish, right? Things that we cherish. Sometimes they're more sentimental than they are of a quality or a value. You know, it means something, you know, no matter what it is. So now I want to talk to you not about as being lively stones or as gems, but as an intangible heritage, um, an object or a person of value. Uh, we can be used for building future generations, right? So still having value, still thinking about us as lively stones, just like as in jewelry, something tangible we can pass on. So why don't we go to Psalm 119, 111, and we'll read that. Did I say 11 earlier? I meant 111 if I said it. There's so many in Psalm 119. There's like, how many is there? It's like 100 and, uh, let's see, 176. So yeah, Psalm 119, 111. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever. They are the rejoicing in my heart. So my question this evening is, what is your heritage? There is family heritage, right? We are heritage uh, for our parents. We are heritage for our grandparents, our great-grandparents, all the way back the Bible talks a lot about heritage. You read anything talking about Christ's heritage, and it goes back generation, 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 generation. The Jews were supposed to make sure they protected their family heritage. Uh, Psalm 127, of course, we know is our family. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, the fruit of the loom. Fruit of the loom. Fruit of the loom <laughs> is his reward. And no, there was no Theraflu here. Um, Heritage by birth, heritage by work, name, study, or your heart. So we have family heritage, and then heritage that we work, we put something into, right? Um, that could be tangible, right? Something I, I build upon, something that I, I create, something I uh, finance, something I put effort into. Bible talks about a, a, a good father, a good man, uh, he leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, right? So we're supposed to store up and, and, and keep it there. And the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. So it's, it's for us to work upon. And I think it was last week, I know Brother Dalton isn't in here right now, but last week, it was during the 10 o'clock, I think it was, that Brother Dalton was speaking about his father saying how he didn't leave him a whole lot. Right? He said he didn't leave him a whole lot, but he left him his name. Right? Proverbs 22.1, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Or Ecclesiastes, a good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the, one, than the day of one's birth. So we have many ways that we can build a heritage. In thinking about heritage... I walked the hallway out there and thought about the pastors of this church from really 1969, and uh, where our one and only Pastor Smith, starting in 2002. 
So I don't, I don't know, was anybody here? Or do we know anybody who was here when Harry Buer was here? Anybody? One person. What about uh, Robert Gluck? Were you here during Robert Gluck also? Yeah. And then there was Bud Jarvis, Jerry Jack in 1976, Harlan Rahili or Rahili, 1977, David Smith, Dan Cregan, of course, Pastor Smith, 2002. That's this church's pastoral heritage. You know, there's a few people who've been here building this church up who are no longer here. We're all here now. We can see each other. We can talk to each other. We can help each other. But does anybody remember who's here? Of course, if you've been here since Buer, um, Brewer, Buer. I can't say that's German. I should be able to say that. Um, Campbell's, Crandall's, Evans, McGlade's. All these people are part of our heritage, right? They're, they've helped build this church. And to build this church and this heritage takes time. It's work. It's work. There's a way to, to invest in your heritage, and it could take time, could take finances. Christ uses an example of building somewhat of an intangible, intangible heritage by those who invested correctly in Luke 19, 12 through 26, the parable of the pound or the coin. You guys want to turn there, Luke 19, 12 through 26? This is where the master gave the coins to his servants to invest by trading. And one had done well by taking the one pound and turning it into ten pounds. The second had done well, and of course he returned five pounds. The third said, here is your pound which I have kept under his napkin, or this napkin, which he was then chastised for. So I'm going to go ahead and read that. Luke 19, 12. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent him a message after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little, have thou authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said, Likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have laid up in a napkin, for I feared thee, because thou art an austere man. Thou takest up that thou layest not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. And he saith unto him, Out of thine mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I had laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore, then thou gavest my, thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own usury. And he said unto them that stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. For I say unto you that every man, excuse me, that every one which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that he hath shall be taken away from him. My point of reading that is to 
ask you the question is whether or not you're investing correctly. This is an example two ways. In the, in the world of investing, obviously, you can take something and, and uh, an investment should be done to preserve something or it should be used to grow something, right? Obviously, that's why people invest in stocks and, or you preserve your money in metals or any of those kinds of things. But this is also a testimony of character, right? It's a testimony of willingness to do what the master asks of us. Heritage and intangible. Building our heritage. We are a heritage to Christ as gifts from the Father. He died for us. We, as in us, this church, to Christ. Of course, not not the tangible building, because we, the church, the people, are the church, not the building itself. No Webster gives us a definition of heritage, and he uses Scripture from 1 Peter 5.3. He says, in, in Scripture, the saints or people are called his heritage as being claimed by him and the objects of his special care. So we are this heritage to Christ. And of course, this verse is referring to pastors, right, taking care of the heritage. Um, but that's our best, it's one of our best descriptions for who we are, Christ's heritage. In the world, obviously the tangible heritage, our investments, whether or not my portfolio is doing well, I don't have a portfolio, but if you have a portfolio, whether it's doing well or you have a home, we think about uh, what am I going to do for my children further on. There's nothing wrong or bad about this. There's nothing right or spiritually holy about this. It's completely indifferent. It's, it's innocuous whether you do those good things or not. We're told to do them, but they in themselves, there's, they're neither good nor bad. So from a spiritual perspective, doing it doesn't necessarily bring us closer to God. However, if you do have tangible heritage, I'm talking about spiritual heritage, worldly heritage now, it needs to be guided by the heritage that we have in the Word through Christ. If uh, if we think about Judges, right, we've gone through Judges. Here we see, when we read Judges, we see in Judges 2, 6 through 14, what happens when there isn't guidance in the Word. Um, it also can happen if you don't really promote it in your family, right? So if you have lots of things, you have a big family or a small family, when you're not guided by this intangible Word, what happens? It all falls apart, right? So in, jo- in Judges 2, 6 through 14, speaking about Joshua, And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man into, or excuse me, unto his inheritance to possess, to possess the land, right? God, God promised them Israel. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. So Joshua is promoting the biblical heritage. He's teaching them about God. He's guiding them, right? He was... He was their guide. All the people served the, days of, served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua who had seen the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. And they buried him in the borders of his inheritance. I'm not pastor, so I can't say some of these words. 
Timnath Harry's, I think that's how you say that, in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of the hill Gash, and also the generations, also all that generations were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them. Right? So we've got to promote our heritage. Here Joshua died, and this new generation of children doesn't follow the heritage of Joshua or their family members. Which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord, God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods. Of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves to them, unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord, and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he delivered them into the hands of the spoilers that spoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. It's important to keep this biblical heritage. It's important to teach it to our children. It's important to share it in our community. If we don't do that, the spoils will be given into the hands of our enemies. And it's all round about us. Your heritage can be lost. Tangible heritage. If not guided by the intangible heritage of God's word. All that you have, if you work and you gain and you do all sorts of things and you build everything up. If you don't have the intangible heritage of God's word guiding it. Maybe not during your generation, but soon after, it's toast. Heritage is something that seemingly can appear endless, right? Pastor was talking about uh, uh, Downton Abbey during his uh, sermon. What was the, uh, his topic that morning? He was talking about Downton Abbey. Does anybody remember? I remember that portion. Who, who has watched Downton Abbey? Anybody here? Are you afraid to raise your hand? I've watched it. I'll raise my hand. My kids have watched it. They, they look at portraying the way a family of heritage would have lived, obviously, in England during that time. And it seems endless, the finances some of these people would have. It does. It seems endless what they have. Now, you, as you watch these shows, you find out it's not endless. But it appears endless. The way they think about things is completely foreign to the way we think. It's seemingly endless. And so they're, I don't know, they just, as we would appear, we're American. So when we see that kind of culture, it seems wasteful, right? It's just the way that we're not from royal blood. So we don't think about wasting money like that. So it, when you look at a heritage, whether it's my grandfather and grandmother who gave me an inheritance. Some family members get more, some family members get less, but if there's enough of it, it just seems like it just keeps on going. So it's something we can use for the next generation, but however, tangible things may eventually wear out. So we have the heritage of this building, right? The heritage that was built with time. I know the DeWitts are not here, but I know uh, Les Crandall, and, and uh, he's not here. 
the DeWitts are somewhere else tonight, but you know, Crandall's and, and everybody they, that, that built this place. This building will eventually wear out. There will come a point in time when it's damaged, right? 100 years from now, who knows what this building will look like. So it'll wear out. It can become damaged. If it's jewelry, it can become lost. If it's a home or property, a catastrophe may occur. Where we live in California, you can have earthquakes, right? Some people have had to deal with that. So tangible heritage can be lost with time. It's not endless, though it can be seemingly endless. Intangible heritage can go on forever, but you have to work at it. The problem is, is depending on how close you are to this heritage, it may not seem like it has value, right? So we have to work on talking to our children maybe about our heritage, teaching them those doctrines, right? Sometimes it's a trial. Sometimes it's a tribulation. So when we look at the world and we look at tangible heritage, we look at intangible heritage, they both require work, they both require maintenance, but it seems to be that the next generation away from us may seem like it's a waste. Do I have to? Do I have to do this? Do I have to do that? Well, yeah, it's just like brushing your teeth, right? You've got to keep on it. It's like studying math or anything else. You know where the goodness is. You know where it is in the Word, but you have to keep working on it. It may take time for someone to realize the value in the heritage. It may take the next generation to realize the value in that heritage. Just in the case of the person who has the one carat ring that they got that's a, an Art Deco 100-year-old ring. It's a $200 ring from my great-grandfather, right? Well, the son or daughter that received it, it really didn't appreciate that much. The value really wasn't there. But you think 100 years later, and now it's a cost of $10,000. The person saves the $10,000 as they reuse that ring. The word is the same way. We want to keep teaching and teaching and teaching and sharing and building and building and growing the heritage in our community, the heritage with each other. If we're teaching someone what we've learned... Oh, how does that heritage grow? We are in heritage with Christ. Brothers and sisters, that's the promise, right? Brothers and sisters in Christ. Just like my sermon, Diamonds in the Rough, we have to go out and labor in finding those seemingly impossible lost brothers and sisters out there in our daily relationships in work, I know that's a difficult place, but you've got to do it in work. You've got to figure it out. Our customers, if you're in a place of business, you know, Brian, you have, you think about that sometimes too. How do, you, how, do you, how do you bring out the gospel in your work without getting in trouble for it, right? Our neighbors, our neighbors, Girls have a Muslim neighbor. How, you know, 
How do you bring out the gospel with that neighbor? How do you build the heritage, our biblical heritage? I don't know. Invite him over. Bible study. I said that last time. Are we adding to the pound when we're building our heritage, or are we hiding it in our napkin? Luke 19.20, here is thy pound which I have kept laid up in a napkin. Or better yet, how are we promoting it and building it for the next generation? Are we sharing and teaching our own children, our neighbors? What about what we're being taught from this pulpit? Are we sharing that? Are we searching for, and as my past two sermons were, feeding the lambs? How many of you were in church before you came to Berean? Raise your hands. How many, how many, this is, you were in church before? Well, I wasn't before I came here. I was gone from 2009 to 2015, so a little bit of time there. I went to a a handful of churches out in the south, supposedly the Bible Belt. You You would figure there's lots of churches out there that are good biblical churches. South Carolina, right? Good Baptist churches. First Baptist church has been there for 140 years. We visited some of those churches. We did. One of those churches, we made the mistake, which we don't normally do. You know how we are with our kids. Our kids are normally sitting with us, right? Um, We made the mistake of being encouraged and allowing our children to go into, I guess, the children's ministry there, as we would call it. Beautiful brick building. You know, Pastor Smith likes to talk about these beautiful churches. This was this beautiful brick building. Red. It was just, it was, it was a pretty nice looking church. Big, big building. This church, we came to find out as we picked our children up, the whole time they were down there, they learned about Earth Day. This is, this is an SBC church. Churches are becoming worldly today. They're losing their heritage. I got goosebumps on my arm right now. I did. I really did. You feel it. My shoulders even. We live in a great time at Berean. It's a great time right now. One filled with great learning. And as I've gotten older and we've all gotten to know each other a lot better, good fellowship, We need to continue building the heritage of this church family. That's studying and sharing the word. It works. Pastor is a good example of biblical heritage. His father, right? You've all heard the story how his father was at the back of the church, making fun of some pastor in the back. He's in the back. But as Christ chose to save his father, his father then had this 
burning desire to labor at the word. Labor at the word and then debate other pastors in other churches. I don't know if you ever heard that story, but but he passed that on to Pastor Mark. And now Pastor Mark works hard. I have no idea how he does it. Studying the word day after day, preparing sermons. I was talking to Dalton. He says, Well, after 30 plus years, it's a little bit easier. Maybe in 30 years I'll feel the same way, right? Um, So, pastor's father labored at the Word. Pastor now labors at the Word. The big thing that, that these two examples do is as his father labored at the Word, he shared it. He shared it to other people. He shared it with other pastors. He shared it with other churches. Not even, not even his own church in these debates. Pastor Smith shares the Word. Everything he studies... He wants to give right back. He doesn't keep it to himself. He wants to share it. He wants to grow Christ's heritage. We are a heritage. We are Christ's heritage from God the Father. But we are to further the heritage for Christ. Psalm 119.11 111. I, I just want to say 11. Maybe I need a slurpee from 711. I don't know. Thy testimonies ha- I, have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. There's some great commentaries on this verse. One from John Gill and one from Spurgeon. I will read them both for you. John Gill states, The scriptures which testify of Christ and his grace and of the mind and will of God are a portion of themselves and a goodly heritage they are. Better than thousands of gold and silver, preferably to all worldly inheritance, as they have been to many who have forsaken all for Christ and his gospel. These, like an inheritance, have been transmitted from father to son, from one age of the church to another, in successive generations. Nor shall they depart from her, nor from her seed and seed's seed. From henceforth and forever, they are an inheritance which will continue forever. Spurgeon, Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever. He chose them as his lot, his portion, his estate, And what is more, he laid hold upon them and made them so, taking them into possession and enjoyment. David's choice is our choice, if we might have our desire. We would desire to keep the commandments of God perfectly, to know the doctrine, to enjoy the promise, to practice the command, be this a kingdom large enough for me. Here we have an inheritance which cannot fade and cannot be alienated. It is for us ever and ours forever if we have so taken it. Sometimes like Israel, at the first coming into Canaan, we have to take our heritage by hard fighting. And if so, it is worthy of all our labor and suffering, but always it has to be taken by a decided choice of heart and grip of the will. 
What God gives, we must take, for they are the rejoicing in my heart, or of my heart. The gladness which had come to him through the word of the Lord had caused him to make an unalterable choice of it. All the parts of the scripture had been pleasing to David and were so still. And therefore he stuck to them and meant to stick to them forever. That which rejoices the heart is to be sure chosen and treasured. It is not head knowledge, but the heart experience which brings joy. Spiritual knowledge can grow or decline depending on how we stay close to God's word. As a church, this church, these, this group of people as we are that forms this church, we need to think about the community that we're in. And we need to not be so Instagram-centered or Facebook post-centered or Snapchat-centered. If you get a text message, you feel like you have to answer it right away, right? So we're so short-sighted. It has to be immediate. We have to think about this church, we as this church, and the heritage of this church for decades out. What are we doing? What are we focusing on? Where are we going to be 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 100 years from now? Or longer. Our church heritage is integrated with our spiritual heritage. So we must do several things, and this is where I'll close. We must read God's Word. We must not just read it, but we must study God's Word. Associate with people who do the same. And encourage each other to do the same. Read with your family. Read devotionals. Talk about the Bible. Discuss the meanings. What's being taught. Encourage others, right, as you're talking about it, to give their thoughts, invite discussion and opinions and what's being said. Really study God's Word. God's Word is for building the heritage for Christ. And for each of us, second. You know, I think about just family, as God has blessed me with who I have. Gareth, Gannon, Gabby, and Graham. And every once in a while, they'll bring up something that, I, that, that just it warms my spirit. And today, Gareth and I were speaking about something in the morning. So I won't go into much detail, but we were speaking about an individual. And an individual who would be, I guess that we would describe would be in the throes of sin. And I very simply said that it all starts with just thinking about it. And then acting on it. And it goes from, I know I shouldn't do it to everyone should be doing it. So from here to all the way out here, and he said to me, is that your sermon tonight? And I went, no. 
but it proves the point that we're talking about it as you should be talking about it, and we don't talk about it enough. You should talk about it each other. You should talk about situations biblically related, what your opinions are from the Bible. What does the Bible say? You should build that heritage with your family. If you're an auntie or an uncle, you don't have children, share it with them. Cousins, brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers. So I'm going to close with this. What are we going to do to continue building the heritage, Christ's heritage, for each other, focused on Christ, building this church family heritage? That's my question. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we've come together, Lord. Just uh, please bless us this evening. Have us all think about how we build the heritage, our church heritage, Christ's heritage together, how we share the word in the community, share the word with everyone else that we come in contact with, that you would give us all the wisdom and knowledge power to deliver your word, Lord. We just thank you for this time that we've come to sit down together and study. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Rohnert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.